0: The following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. It was preached on Sunday, March 5th, 2023, on the basis of Genesis 12, verses 1 through 8. For more information, or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. Before my vicar year even started. The things that I heard about it were things like, this is going to be the best year of your life. Going back to school won't even seem like it should be an option because you're just going to want to get out there so badly. You're going to find out that you actually know a lot more than you thought you did. Now, while I've come around to mostly agreeing with those points, I can tell you that at first, my first couple weeks here, I thought that there was no way that I would make it. I looked at the demand, and it seemed like it was too much. I looked at everything that a pastor has to do, and I didn't think that I had what it takes. Have you ever felt that way? Where you looked at something that you wanted to do, then looked at the requirements or expectations and said, there's no way. Whether it's what you wanted to be growing up, a dream job, a dream vacation, a certain fitness goal, or something else. There are times in life where we look at something and then we look at the demands, the expectations, and we say, there's no way. Maybe if we were born with different genes, maybe if we had gone to a different school, maybe if we had received some large sum of money at some point, Maybe if we had another shot and were able to do everything over again, knowing what we know now, maybe then we would be able to meet the expectations for the things that we want in this life. But in the situation that we were in, in the situation that we're in right now, that just isn't the case. It's kind of the dilemma that we're going to be looking at this morning. We'll be looking at how it feels, the true reality Of not having what it takes, of not living up to expectations. That even when we do occasionally have what's expected, when we do meet the demand for things that we want in this life, that when it comes to what God demands, what God asks of us, no matter how much we we might want to, no matter how hard we try, there is absolutely no way that we will ever meet the demand. Thankfully, As we heard in the readings this morning, God gave and fulfilled a promise. A promise that is greater than the demand. The promise that we heard this morning comes from Genesis chapter 12, and it was in those verses that we heard about a man named Abram. We heard about the land that Abram was going to leave behind, the land that God was going to show him, and the land that God would eventually give to him. But this morning, I don't want you to put yourself in the shoes of Abram. Rather, I want you to put yourself in the shoes of the people that would have first read about Abram. You see, Moses wrote down this account, this promise, when the Israelites were wandering through the wilderness. They were finally approaching the promise. They were journeying towards the promised land. The time had finally come for the promise to be fulfilled, but something happened along the way. God also gave them his demands, his commandments. Not only did the Israelites know about these demands, not only did they hear these commands, they broke them several times. In fact, one of the instances that they broke these commands was the time when they did not put enough trust in God. Where their actions showed their blatant distrust in God, actually, so God delayed their entrance into the Promised Land by 40 years. Now this 40 years was about to be up, and I think entering this time around, they realized there is no way that we can keep God's commandments. So I wonder how they felt about to go into the land that was promised to them years and years later. Because not only had God asked them to keep these commandments, he also said that their life in this promised country would depend on their obedience, their ability to keep these commands. Would their crops grow or not? Would they be safe from the hands of their enemies? Would they live in the houses that they built? It all depended on their obedience. And if they didn't obey God's commands, he threatened them with something much worse than the slavery they left behind. They had left the land too. What he threatened them with was total annihilation. Annihilation at the hands of their enemies. So if I'm an Israelite and I'm about to enter into this land and I'm looking at the visa requirements and I I come across the point Obey the Lord's commandments. I'm terrified to even apply for the visa. But we don't have to be applying for a visa to enter into the promised land like the Israelites were. We don't have to be in the Israelite situation to understand what it means to fall short of the Lord's expectations. I mean, we might wonder whether or not we can meet the demands of things in this world. Can we meet the demands of the job? Can we save up for that vacation? Can I hit that fitness goal? And there are times in life where we do have what it takes to meet those goals, to meet those requirements. But when it comes to gaining God's love and favor, when it comes to gaining our ticket to paradise, there is no wondering. Take a look at some of the demands that God gives us. It's a one strike and you're out kind of policy. And as we look at the list of demands, it's a little scary. It's more than a little scary. It's terrifying. You shall have no other gods. Honor your father and mother. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not covet. Have you struck out? are you batting a thousand? Are you living up to God's expectations? Have you earned God's love and favor? What do we do? What do we do when we can't live up to expectations? While it's not ideal, usually, when we can't live up to expectations in the world, if we don't, can't meet what, are, what the job requires, then there's always another job waiting. If we can't afford the premium vacation, there's always a cheaper vacation to buy. What's the backup plan for entering heaven? What's the backup plan for earning God's love and favor? You see, the scary thing about eternity is that the only backup plan to eternal paradise with God is eternal separation from God. The only backup plan to our eternity with God is hell. One way or another, the law needs to be fulfilled. There's not a heaven light. There's not a cheaper version of heaven or God's love that we can buy. It's all or nothing. And still, we realize. We know. There's no way. We don't have what it takes. But thankfully, God realized long before he gave the demand to the Israelites that mankind would never live up to his expectations, that mankind would never be able to fulfill that law themselves. And that's why long before God gave the law, he gave Abram a promise. There's a promise made to Abram, and in that promise, we don't hear God say, you shall and you shall not. Instead, what we hear God say is, I will. I will. I will. Just like we put ourself, ourselves in the shoes of the Israelites this morning, when the Israelites heard God's commands, when they heard his expectations, they could put themselves in the shoes of of Abram. They could hear what the Lord said to Abram through the promise that Moses had written down. And what we see in the story of Abram is a promise that God gave before the demand was even made. What we see Moses record is a promise that God gave their forefather Abraham and in turn gave to them. What we see is a promise that requires no demand, but instead a promise of what God would do for Abram, for the Israelites, and for the entire world. Last week we heard about how God didn't press the rewind button, how God moved forward with a sinful and fallen world. But today we see how God doesn't want us to always look forward. How God wants us to look back. To look back at the promises that he has made. When the Israelites heard God's demand, God gave them something to look back on. And when they looked back at these promises, they heard everything that they needed to move forward. Even though they knew they didn't have what it takes to fulfill the law themselves as they entered the promised land, they would see reminders of this promise. They would would hear what Moses had to say about the story of Abram, and as they entered into the promised land, they would see so many reminders of this promise. They would see so many reminders. They would see the very footsteps of faith that Abram walked before them. They would see the great tree of Morah at Shechem. They would see the hills east of Bethel and west of Ai. And as they entered the promised land, they would do the exact same thing that Abram did. They would call on the name of the Lord. The same Lord that said, You shall and you shall not. But also the very same Lord that said, I will. The demand was great, yes. But the promise was greater still. The Israelites would eventually move into that promised land, but they would continue to fall short they would be sent into exile, the temple would be destroyed, and eventually they'd be living under Roman rule, the Roman Empire. Yet the Lord would not go back on his promises to Abram. Instead, the Lord would fulfill every single one of them. To one man, the Lord made a promise. To one man, a nation was born. But in one man, That promise would be fulfilled, and the entire world would be saved. That man, the son of man, the son of God, was Jesus Christ. At Mount Sinai, we hear God tell the Israelites, tell us his you shalls" and his you shall nots. And as we go down the list, it makes perfect sense to say there's no way. But in the promise God made to Abram, we see a promise that is greater than the demand. Because in that promise, both the promise and the demand would be filled, fulfilled in Jesus. For the times when we look at the law and we say, there's no way. We can look at Jesus and we can hear him say, I am the way. For all the times that we look at the list of demands and say, I can't. We can look back at the promises that God gave Abram and hear God say, I will. In Jesus, God gave us a gift. He gave us a promise fulfilled. In Jesus, we see the requirements, the demand met once and for all, for all, on the cross. For God so loved the entire world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave. When we look at the list of demands and requirements, the expectations that God has for us, it's easy to look at that and say, there's no way But when we look at everything that we receive from that promise, the the gift of the love and favor of God, our ticket into paradise, it seems almost too good to be true. There has to be something that we can do in return. There has to be a reason that God chose us. It's tempting to think that because of us, because of something that we've done, that we're special. But when we look at the promise that God gave to Abram, we see that that is not the case at all. Because when we look at Abram, we see nothing special. In fact, Abram was a heathen just like the rest of the world around him. In fact, what made Abram so special was the gift that God gave him, the promise that God made to Abram. We look at the Israelites, and we might be tempted to think there's something special, but as we look at their history, we see a history of rebellion and mistakes, and yet God worked through them, despite all of them. It might be tempting to look at us and think that there's something special about us, but as we look at ourselves, we know that there's nothing special at all. That the faith that God worked in our hearts is a pure gift. There's nothing that we did to earn it. There's no way that we can ever pay it back. The gift that God gives us is completely out of love. For God so loved the world that he gave. There are still things in this life that I look at and I say, there is no way. I'd love to be an NFL linebacker. I can tell you right now, there's no way that that's going to happen. But no matter what I look at in this world and say there's no way, there's a few things that I can look at and have that not be the case. Because there is a way. I can look at earning God's love and favor. I can look at entering heaven and I know there's a way. I know there's a way because Jesus says he's that way. In Jesus, we see those promises fulfilled. So as you move forward through life today, as you leave here, don't hesitate to look back. Because for all the times that we say, there's no way. For all the times we, th- we know that we don't have what it takes We can look back at the promises that Jesus fulfilled and know that Jesus does. Amen.